0: Alright. I'll see if we can figure out where we left off.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh I think where we stopped is thirty-eight. Okay, 30 we 80. went back and, and we did it just before we went back to seventeen. Yeah, so true. uh I think thirty-eight. So uh, John nineteen, uh thirty-eight, where we begin. Christian, would you read for us please? Uh to the end of the chapter.
2: Okay. And after these things Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one For fear of the Jews asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission. He came therefore and took away his body. And Nicodemus came also, who had first come to him by night, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, on account of the Jewish day of preparation, because the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there.
0: How do you feel about uh, the secret disciples of Jesus? Are they cowards?
3: I don't think in this case they were. They tended to him when no one else did.
0: Okay, they did came they? forward when at the darkest hour, right? right? They couldn't have been cowards to do that. Is it possible that the Holy Spirit led them? Joseph, who was Joseph? Anybody know?
2: I know he's a very wealthy man.
0: He's a very wealthy man, yes. I believe he was a member of the Sanhedrin, Mm -hmm. along with
4: Nicodemus. So you think he met that night?
0: No, I don't think so. But he secretly believed, and, and he knew if he came forward openly and testify that he was of Jesus, he'd be kicked off the Sanhedrin. That would be the end of his ability to hold back the forces that were developing in the Sanhedrin. Uh, so I think he played a very, very important role in God's plan of timing for when Jesus was crucified. Uh, and so he had to keep his mouth shut. And We actually have a key text uh, in Amos see if I have my memory working well this morning uh, I believe it's Amos 5.13 Therefore the prudent will keep silent at such a time for it is an evil time I sometimes wonder how close we are to that time
1: I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in knowing how to read what the best, what the best course of action is and, and what you alluded to also that different people work in different ways according to their capacity and their placement. Because I think it's I think it's easy and rather unthinking to criticize the secret followers and the mm-hmm. people working at different levels and saying, "Oh, you're working with the, within the corrupt. You know, you should come out of that." And there mm-hmm. are people working at all levels of mm-hmm. government and establishment. And you know, I think
0: there's it's very delicate work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joseph asked Pilate, and he has the ability to ask Pilate. They needed someone to be able to ask Pilate. Mm -hmm. They couldn't just march up to Pilate and ask for Jesus' body. And you notice they didn't ask the Sanhedrin. Of course, actually, Jesus' body is under the jurisdiction of Rome because his crucifixion is a Roman execution. So, Pilate gives them permission, probably happy to have this dealt with, This has already caused him a fair amount of fear and trepidation. Um, And then Nicodemus comes forward. So we have Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, both secret followers of Jesus. And he comes bringing all of the embalming items. And so they wrap him in spices and linen cloths. But Jesus had already been anointed for burial, Mm -mm. hadn't he? Who who did that anointing? Uh, Mary mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And according to John, it is Mary yeah. uh, who who anointed him for burial, who prepared his body for burial while he was alive. A, a very revolutionary thought in ancient times, because you didn't do that to living people. No. You only did that to dead people. And I I always think, you know that her act is the one that's been told around the world more than this one. That's true, we read it in our Bibles. But mm-hmm. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about how they embalmed Jesus. Didn't help God any in, in his resurrection. <laughs> but that was the way they did it. So they, they took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in the spices and linen cloths according to the burial custom of the Jews. I'm not sure if the term is the same here, as in Matthew or uh, Luke, when Jesus is born, they wrap him in linen and in cloth. I'm not sure linen is is used. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that in Jewish custom, they lay you in the grave the same way that they, in a sense, bring you to birth. So, uh, the the jobs. Statement: um, Naked, I came from my nether- mother's room, and naked I shall go there. Uh, is is an indication of th- of the belief of a- ancient people that uh, from womb to tomb, uh, the ending and the beginnings are the same. So, I th- I think there's an interesting comparison there. Um, and so they there was a garden in the place where he was crucified. And in the garden, there was a new tomb which no one had ever been laid. A fitting place for Jesus. Does it strike you that... I don't believe that anything that happens in, in relationship to Jesus' life and death is, is just chance or, or happenstance or our own ingenuity. I think God orchestrated things. Do you notice his attention to detail? making sure you know he has an empty tomb no one's ever been laid there and you wonder if anyone ever was did Joseph seek a new tomb for himself Uh, would you want to be buried in the tomb where you laid your Lord it would seem rather sacred ground it seems like to me
3: well I can see you know that uh, Jesus rented only just for three days Mm -hmm. right
0: Right. Yeah. He wasn't there more. <laughs> because he says I'm not <laughs>
3: going to be there for the forever, you know. Right. So I'm going to resurrect it. That's what he says. You know. for three days I'm going to rent it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's move on to twenty. Uh, well, and so because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. It doesn't say it was Joseph's tomb, but I believe another gospel does indicate Mm -hmm. that that was his tomb. All right, Shalina, would you please read verses 1 to 10.
4: Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes,
0: can you just visualize this? The other, who's the other disciple? John. John. <laughs> he doesn't want to refer to himself. Have you ever heard the phrase in Spanish, um,
1: when you're being really humble, you say, un servidor. It sounds like John is always saying,
0: the servant, the other one. <laughs> it's me, but it's, it's, it's yeah. funny. It's kind of... it, it, what's interesting is John outstrips Peter. Uh, apparently Peter is older. John is young. He's the youngest of Jesus' disciples. So he outstrips Peter and, and gets to the tomb first, but it won't go in. He stands outside. He sees that something is unusual. Yeah. It's not the way they left it last night. And then Peter catches up. And what's, what are you doing standing out there, John? <laughs> Bursts into the tomb. Mm-hmm. And that's typically Peter, isn't it? Uh, not afraid of anything. Daring and, and forward-acting natural leader. Do you think there's a little bit of a hierarchy still? Yeah, I mean, well, ahead. he's older, you yeah, know, so. and, and of the three disciples, he's the oldest probably. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, the I deference, think you know? deference, deference, deference to age and yeah. and sure. uh, and personality, different personality, yeah. and different personalities, yeah. right? But who was there first before? Mary, Mary, mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene. This is the different Mary than the one who anointed Jesus' feet. Uh, she saw the stone had been removed, so she ran and went to Simon Peter. She didn't go in. And she says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid, them, laid him. That must have been a, a heart drive. I mean, here they are already in just deep anguish and sorrow, and then his body's gone. Just all hope is mm-hmm. gone. So they they see and they don't understand. So what is it that John believes? Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and when he and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So they didn't believe he'd risen from the dead. What did they believe?
1: Well, at the very least that his body
0: had been stolen. If that might be, they believed. But when John uses the word believed, it's usually very spiritual.
3: Yeah. What would it be that he believed and remembered what Jesus told them prior to this?
0: It, it says they didn't, but it says in the next verse, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They didn't understand that. So how, how did he believe? What did he believe?
2: Wasn't The main question for John in the book is, who is Jesus that's one of the big questions. And so maybe he still believes that Jesus is God.
0: He's disappeared. He doesn't know. He's uncertain where he is. But he still trusts. And, and keep in mind, the word faith, the uh, word belief uh, in the Greek can mean trust. can mean uh, hmm. having faith. Uh, so John still has, he still clings to his faith, I think is what he's saying. Hmm. Uh, so then they go back home. Mary has come with them, apparently. All right, Uh, Sylvia, would you please read 11, verses 11 to
1: 18.
0: Now Mary stood outside the tomb
1: crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, "'Woman, why are you crying?' They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher.
0: Mary Magdalene. And she has two uh, angels, too. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and how come nobody else thought of it? It just, it, it's so, when, when you realize that women in Jesus' day were at the lowest caste level, lower than servants, maybe not lower than slaves, but not above slaves, you remember when Jesus goes to Simon's feast and Mary, the, the other Mary, um, is there anointing his feet. Jesus tells Simon f- flat out, you know, I came here and you didn't wash my feet. Simon didn't provide that. And and the question is why? Was Simon too poor? It, well, he holds a feast. I can't be that poor. Hmm. <laughs> Could he not find someone to do it? Had he asked Mary to do it? Because many times the servants wouldn't even wash feet. It was delegated to the women. Mm-hmm. That's I what understand. I understand. I may be wrong on that. I've heard this, and I've not been found any any source for it, so I, I hold that in tentative. But... Um, is it possible that she refused and simply anointed and washed Jesus' feet with her perfume?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so so this, this, is, this is incredible. And now this is the other Mary, the Mary who out of whom Jesus cast seven demons. And a Mary who is looked about, uh, rather askance. And she's the first to see Jesus. This is the upside-down kingdom. That Jesus came to establish where power is out. And the ones at the top are the ones at the bottom of society. I mean, Jesus said that he's only just
2: after you risen, couldn't show himself to the disciples, you know. Instead, you know, he takes the time to to console Mary.
0: And to console Mary and He says, Go to my brothers and tell them I am ascending. To, your fa- to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. She sends Mary to tell the disciples instead of appearing to them and saying, Here I am. And do they believe her? Uh,
3: the first uh, missionary worker.
0: Mm-hmm. She was the first ev- evangelist. The first, she was actually the first apostle after the resurrection. Jesus sends her, and apostle means one sent. In another gospel, Jesus berates them for not believing the women. In another gospel, it's not just Mary. Mary groups it gathers together other women that were at the cross when Jesus died. And together they go uh, and tell the disciples why. Women know, and, and this is still true today, women know that they're not credible. When it's something that no one else has seen, Women have no credibility. I sometimes love to tell my students the story of how um, I had a Ford Focus. I still do, but it's a different one. And uh, one of the uh, faults of the Ford Focus when it first came out was a faulty ignition. And I had already had the ignition replaced once under warranty. Well, now it went out again when I wasn't under warranty. So I called Zumwalt, Ford, down here in St. Lena. And I said, "Um, my ignition has gone out of my car. It won't start. And they said, oh, you probably just lock the steering wheel. Just wiggle it back and forth, and you'll get it unlocked. And I had already tried that. Of course, it didn't work. And uh, so I uh, called a tow truck, had the tow truck take it down. And I get a phone call from Zumwalt. Uh, We have this Ford Focus here, and uh, we can't get it started. (laughs) And I wish I I could go back and do that one over again and say, oh, well, it's probably just locked. You just need to wiggle (laughs) the steering wheel back and forth. (laughs) So so this credibility issue is huge, uh, especially when women are the lowest caste. They have no credibility. They're not believable, especially something supernatural. So that's why uh, Mary, in the other Gospels, gathers other women together and together they go to the disciples, and they still don't believe.
1: Maybe they're all worth one-eighth altogether. If you get eight of them together,
0: maybe they're worth one. (laughs) And uh, when Jesus comes, this one Gospel says, He berated them for not believing. Why didn't you believe the women I sent you? This is a revolutionary new uh new kingdom, a new church. Anything else you you gain from this passage? It's something very small. I like the part where it it explains
1: why she was confused, or what her confusion was. She thought he was the gardener, mm-hmm. and I
0: thought it's kind of
1: it's kind of very specific. She gave that reason. She said, "I, I was assuming it was the person doing the landscaping, you know." Or and I've mm-hmm. seen you know paintings, imagined paintings of Jesus, kind of looking like a gardener, you know, with a hat, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of nice to find that little explanation, you know, and and how the identification of his voice and yeah, you she know. doesn't
0: recognize well, he does not said any well, he does say, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Uh, and she doesn't recognize his voice. That's what sorrow and depression do to you. They change your ability to recognize. But then when, when he it, says her name, that's
1: very special. Yes. You know.
0: And and the way he says it, I imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that little micro scene is just I think is beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: That's
0: uh, this statement in John uh, uh, 2017, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to my Father. Uh, King James Version says, touch me not. And it sounds like Jesus is going to be defiled if she touches him. Don't touch me it, I appreciate that. I've always kind of wondered about that. And, so it's and, nice. and in Greek, it's, there's two ways of saying something. Uh, one way is saying, don't touch me at all at any time. And the other way of saying it is don't go on holding on to me. Don't detain me. Uh, and that's what Jesus is saying. Mm-hmm. So you can tell by the Greek what it means. And I think most modern versions uh, reveal that. Jesus, not me touch. <laughs> Jesus, not be touched, for not yet have
1: I ascended. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> what, I, what I found interesting uh, in, in these verses, one of the things I found is that why was, why was there two angels uh, in the tomb, and not three or four or even a legion of angels, but there was just two angels?
0: Biblical law rests upon two witnesses. No one can be put to death without two witnesses. Uh, in any legal case, you need two witnesses, uh, I think is the assumption. And, and so you have these two angels over the Ark of the Covenant, uh, that are witnesses to the law that's in the, in the ark, uh, and are also uh, witnesses in the court scenes that take place in that sanctuary. Um, so you need two witnesses. And the reason you have to have two is one is not adequate. So these are the witnesses to the resurrection. Now there are other angels who witness the resurrection. But this is, this is speaking within the framework of the Hebrew Bible where you have two witnesses is, is very important. Mm-hmm.
1: See, that's why this is a fun Sabbath school. This
0: is good. <laughs> uh, so there was one sitting, I don't know if John, I don't think John points this out, but another gospel does. One is sitting at the head, uh, just inside the door of the tomb, and the other is sitting at the back. It does, one at the head and one at the that Does it say that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here? I somehow missed that.
1: Verse 12. 13. 13. 12, sorry. Yeah. One line, one at the head and the other at the feet. Uh,
0: and the, the head would be inside the head of Jesus and at the feet of Jesus.
3: What, what you just said about the Ark of the Covenant and the commandments, but also above the commandments was the, the
0: mercy seat, yeah, right? The, right, the cover. Actually, in Hebrew, it's the cover. Mercy seat is is something that Tyndale devised oh, based on Luther. Mm-hmm. Luther translated it "genadstool," uh, which means mercy seat or grace seat. It means a stool. <laughs> it means a stool. <laughs> it, it, stool means it means genada. Gra- genada is um, yeah. m- mercy, mercy or grace. grace. Oh, and Tyndale picked that up and, and called it the mercy seat. So, it but in Hebrew it's as kaporith. Which which means cover, lid. Uh, so it, it, I love the idea of mercy seat. I don't want to ch- I don't want to lose that. But in actuality, it wasn't called that. The other function of those two angels is also guardian. Guard that law, uh, and then of course guard Jesus' body in the tomb.
1: Yeah, can you imagine just all the invisible stuff going on mm-hmm. beyond that? I mean, if you if you read kind of, I don't know, Harry Potter type stuff or you know, I you can just imagine everything else going on that, you know, human eyes cannot see. That I just would be just a even fascinating
0: even whole scene. I almost think we'd be overwhelmed by Yeah, we oh, yeah, really
1: cosmic f- cosmic forces at work there that would just be We wouldn't here. get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you knew you were passing by, <laughs> so to speak. I, yeah. Yeah. Just the need for those things, and reading C.S. Lewis sometimes just kind of lets you have a little glimpse of what might be going on that you Um, have no
0: clue about. And you notice Mary doesn't answer Jesus' question. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She simply says, sir, if you've taken him away, who's him? She doesn't identify him. But, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus can't take it anymore. You yes. <laughs> know, <laughs> let's get on with this. <laughs> and then he says, Mary. Mm-hmm. And she falls at his feet, takes hold of his ankles, or his feet.
3: It's, it's interesting that he, he asks the question, why are you crying? Is he so so personal, so
0: caring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. you would have thought that something would have registered in Mary's mind this doesn't sound like an ordinary gardener because <laughs> <laughs> no ordinary gardener would be so personal and so concerned about me I had an incident happen I rear ended four car, well three cars in a four car accident on 29 going south towards Napa just out of St. Lena it had to do with the railroad track and this wine train, and I didn't—I hadn't been there in a year and forgot that the train tracks crossed the road. And a truck, a large truck, was bar- barreling down on me, and I thought I'd better speed up just as they stopped. I had there was no time to put on the brake or anything, so of course it was my fault. And um, I remember standing by the road and praying for a nice. Officer to arrive because I knew I'd be sighted. and an officer arrived. I don't remember that he had a badge. I I stood right, very close to him and don't remember seeing a badge. He had the khaki shirt and, and pants, but no badge, as I can recall, and. He went around helping everybody else first. I I wanted to talk to him, and he said, You have to wait. I'm going to help the other people first, which was totally understandable. So he helped the other people first, and then he came by to me, and I said, uh, so I told him, you know, I I got confused on what actually happened because I was in shock, and so I didn't tell him quite the right story. I told him I wasn't paying attention. Basically, I was looking at the wine train. (laughs) But that was farther back before what happened happened. Anyway, um I said, Am I going to get it am I going to get a citation? And he smiled at me and he said, Well, by rights I should give you a citation for not paying attention. But he said uh, In the state of California has no law about that. So he said I don't know that you'll get a citation. So time went on, everything got progressed and, and the cars were pulled over, and some of them were shipped off, and I ended up, he ended up standing between me and a woman who was kind of very upset. She was the one, she wasn't the one least injured, but she was the one, second one, and she was not badly injured, but she hadn't had her child in a child seat, and consequently the child Mm -hmm. dropped to the floor, Mm -hmm. Uh, and she was upset about that, and. He was standing with her back, his back to her and facing me. And I, had, I felt vibes from him like I'd never felt from anyone before. It was loyalty and guardianship of, I will protect her. Mm-hmm. It was so strong. And, and um, at one point, two officers came driving by looking like, what in the world? Because here's this car parked. It's an officer's car. And here's this man who's dressed in khaki clothes, and he turns around as they pass and nods to them like everything's under control, and they walk and they go on by. And I wonder if they were the officers that were supposed to be at the scene. <laughs> and I wonder who that man was. <laughs> well, <The obviously>. officer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. The thing to me that is so gripping about this is when Jesus says, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Why does he say it like that?
2: I mean, in John 17, wasn't he kind of praying um, for kind of unity between his people? Mm-hmm. And him
0: hmm
2: and that they share
0: um, and this share is what's going to draw them together well isn't isn't God their God anyway
2: mm-hmm.
0: why is he saying it like this you remember that in John seventeen and before if, if you go back to john sixteen twenty five I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but will tell you plainly of the Father. On that day you will ask in my name. I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf. Oops, what happens to Jesus' mediatorial word? I do not say that I will, uh, to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. And the disciples say, now you are speaking plainly, not in any figure of speech. Now that we know know that you know all things and do not need to have anyone question you, by this we believe you come from God. That's as far as the disciples can get. They can't get over to 14.9 Jesus said to him, as Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, in verse 8. And Jesus said to them, Have I been with you all this time, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. They don't get it. They can only come as far as saying, The Father sent you. God sent you. But they can't believe that Jesus is God.
3: Can I ask you, uh, prior to this, the... Jewish people believe, or or, or heard, have heard heard the term, God is your father?
0: I believe so. I believe the rabbis, my understanding is the rabbis did teach that God is the father of everyone. Uh, and that goes back very, very anciently, um, because in the house of the father, the, the chief father of everybody in the nation, of, of any Semitic culture, was... God, or the gods. So so that goes way, way back. But keep in mind that the term Father is not an endearing term. It's a term of authority and power and hierarchy. Jesus changes the term Father. Mm-hmm. For that reason, you need to know that Father is applied to God only 14 times in the Old Testament. That's not very often. And when it is it's it's that he's like a father and it's always this mode of compassion as a father pities his children so the Lord pities those who fear him uh, it's it's like the, even the Old Testament is trying to change that picture but it's not used often because it is such an authoritative term and the Bible shuns it in that sense so when Jesus comes He takes the word father and makes it an endearing term. In fact, it's very possible that Jesus isn't even calling him father. It's very possible he's speaking Aramaic and calling him Abba, which means daddy. When he says, I'm ascending to my father and your father, he's bringing them up we're brothers and sisters in fact when in the earlier verse go to my brothers mm-hmm. he doesn't say go to the disciples mm-hmm. as in other gospels but go to my brothers and say I'm ascending to your father to my father and your father Jesus love always elevates it always empowers it doesn't use power over it uses power under and to to my god and your god and and that must have seemed so precious to the disciples when they looked back on it. I don't think they got it <laughs> immediately, but but when they looked back on it I remembered those words. Uh it must have seemed so so precious for them. So, um we're not going to take the time to read the next passage. Just just go through it. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the lo- house where the disciples met were locked. Jesus comes and stands in their midst and says, Peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands and his side. And so they're all excited, happy, rejoicing. And Jesus says, Peace be with you again. Why does he say it twice? I mean, they, they got it. He's there. He's alive. Why does he say it again?
2: They yeah, probably do not understand it because they were just like so shocked to see Jesus that, you know, anything that he says, it kind of just goes past them. Okay. He need to say it again to, although they really, it really registers with them Right.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably the baseline. Let's go one step so, further. What does peace mean?
3: Well, it brings to mind what he said prior to that, which is the peace I give you is not like the world gives you.
0: -hmm. Don't let be afraid. He's telling them not to be afraid. He's reminding them of probably those words.
1: He immediately says afterwards, I'm
0: sending you. Yes. So, yeah. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And this is the transition from disciple to apostle. A disciple is a learner, uh, one who is instructed. An apostle is one who is sent. Uh, So he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Thomas. One of the twelve was not with them. And you know that story. Unless I see, I won't believe. Thomas of Missouri. You've heard that, that saying in, in terms of Missourians. Uh, people from Missouri, they don't say Missouri, they say Missouri. <laughs> uh, people from Missouri are the show me state. It's from the show me state. Uh, I, I will believe when I see it. Thomas is in that group. He doesn't even believe men. That's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have to see it with myself. You know that if that's the way we are, if we, that's the way we stay, we can never see God because we don't see Him. I was in Thomas's state when I was four. I decided that because I couldn't see God, there was no God, and I knew better than to tell my parents that great news. I thought they were kind of silly to pray to someone they couldn't see and so I still went through the motions at night because that was a thing we did in my family and I um, always said my evening prayers but it didn't really mean anything and then one day God helped me answer a prayer by uh, helping me find a toy I couldn't find and that's all it took when you're four it doesn't take much to believe but I was in Thomas state. Thankfully, I moved beyond it and became able to see the unseen. Unless I see the marks of nails in his hands. And so he does. When a week later the disciples are in the house, Thomas was with them, the doors were shut, and Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he turns to Thomas. Now, which is more convincing to Thomas? Seeing the nails and the prints in his hands, seeing seeing the side and the nail prints. Or having Jesus turn to him and and obviously (laughs) know what he had said. And how wonderful how Jesus speaks to the future. You know, blessed are
1: those who have not, who will not see and still believe. That's just really a wonderful
0: thing, how he took that and projected that into the future. And To me, I, I, I wonder what it is that people who can't believe what they don't see. They can't believe the unseen. What it is that they're missing. I'm thinking hardware in the mm-hmm. brain. What is it are they missing creative imagination? Is that how we see the unseen? I know faith is the lens through which we see, but faith faith is believing that we have seen or the unseen. What enables us to see it, to perceive that we can believe it?
1: Well, I think of people who stop believing. And I know okay. a number of them. Yeah. And you say, well, is there some change in the wiring? Or is there... Because they have believed and they have stopped believing. Yeah. Which is a real tragedy. Yeah. I think a greater tragedy than not having believed and you know, mm-hmm. perhaps having the chance to. Yeah. But when you have believed and you disbelieve...
0: What yeah, that's, I mean to me that's almost deliberate blindness yeah, of yeah. vision. Yeah. Um, but what about Thomas who, who just struggles to believe in the first place? Mm-hmm. It isn't that he stopped believing, he's just very conditional <laughs> about what he's going to mm-hmm. believe. In some ways, I hope you don't mind, mm-hmm. but in some ways I think the scientific method has taught... That kind uh, of I thing. Think so, yeah, sure. I, since
2: the Enlightenment, yeah, everyone just wants to. They they only trust like, you know the reports that are written down meticulously, and they have a certain formula. And if you don't go by the formula, then they can't trust it. They can't believe it. And today, like nobody trusts anything.
0: Mm-hmm. And and to me, that is shutting down a lot of. Parts of the brain where belief takes place. Mm -hmm. And you're using only a little part of the brain right about here. Basal left and and frontal left. You're you're losing the right part of your brain at all. Well, let's finish this chapter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. These are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing in him, you might have life in his name. John's goal is to create faith. And he does it through establishing eyewitness testimony. The start of his letter, 1 John. That which we have seen with our eyes and heard with our ears and touched with our hands, we share and we we show you. He's he's very much believing this two this two witness testimony uh, that on the basis of two two, two witnesses you can believe, uh, and and so he really maps out and and actually he goes one step further and he says no it's not two witnesses it's three ultimately um, because the the blood and the water and the spirit those three are witnesses so he's looking really beyond just eyewitness testimony though he includes that to the signs that Jesus does the miracles that he does the incorporation of water blood and spirit in his gospel and, and you, can, you can go through chapter by chapter and see how that maps out in, in his gospel well, we didn't quite make it to the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we started like a chapter one, I think, at the beginning of the year. Did we? I think so. That's amazing. Um,
0: we we guess we went verse by verse. That's amazing. Yeah. We actually got this far. <laughs> <laughs> We've been crawling. <laughs> Let's see. We started we started going through the Bible, not not every every verse and every word. We we went through sections. Where we're talking about salvation and atonement. And we started that project, I think, in 2014. Sometime in 2014. So here we are in John. And when we got to John, I said, You know, there's not a piece of this I want to leave out. So we went through the whole book. Okay, let's have prayer. Dear God, we thank you that. In the life of faith, we can see with other sight than merely our eyes. And we pray that we may truly believe, not because we have seen it, but because we have perceived the unseen. We pray that we may live in that unseen presence. In Jesus' name, amen.